Let's go, let's go, let's go. Another one of these episodes. What's going on? Are you going to actually lead us in this um, conversation? Seems like we're at church. <laughs> well, since Lauren said he had the most energy, why don't you lead us then? What yeah, I, I, always, us, I don't, don't want to oppress Black women. That's not us. what I, I, I ain't trying to oppress women, Black right? Black men lead us. Oh, oh okay. All right. Lead All the Black men is like, okay, let's do this, guys. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um, yet again, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Griot, where we talk about money, but most importantly, we talk about life and how to live a better life with what we have and the cards that we're dealt. It's about being resourceful. It's about being understanding. It's also about growing beyond just the money into a little bit something better into our purpose right yeah that's that's the better the purpose as such i am lawrence delva gonzalez otherwise known as the neighborhood finance god on the uh, on the interwebs and my wife is actually vacuuming and she's supposed to go to trader joe's but either way i'm gonna pass it over to my lovely co-host here one is actually named lovely so not do not be confused and the other one's just atlanta so yeah yeah i'll pass it over just atlanta sir put some respect on my name <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of TFG, better known as the Financial Griot. I am third of the third of the co-hosts. My name is Atlanta, and we are here today. I'm trying to get as hyped and energetic <laughs> as one of my co-hosts, Lawrence, but it's been quite a week, quite a day. But I'm so happy you guys are tuning in to another episode. Love hey, everyone. Hope you guys are having a good week. If I sound like a chipmunk, just deal with it for this week. It's been a long two, three weeks here. It's just one of those days, man. Like, it's it's a lot. <laughs> How is it a it's lot? A like, lot. today is a beautiful day. The sun is out. It is. Technically in spring. The weather is not as cold. So I don't know what lovely talking about. This is actually kind of nice. Is it raining the up there? Weather, it's nice. It's <laughs> okay. Actually, the weather is actually not nice. It's actually very gloomy today, by the way. Gloomy. There is no okay. sun. It's a bit gloomy, overcast going on. Just a lot. Just dealing with a lot. Like the, bo- the, the Boston weather out here is different. DC yeah. out here looking nice. No, not today. We had yeah, nice weather a few days ago. It's just today there's an overcast. Um I'm I'm not in Florida today, but but the weather here is it's pretty okay. It's uh, it says 36, but it's mostly sunny. Where are you uh, at? Where nice. you at? Let let the people know where you at. Where you be at? <laughs> or, oh, I never mind. Crazy. The reason that you get a little weird because it's probably a boyfriend thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you get flown out. I knew it. I knew it. This is, this is guys always know that uh... when women don't answer, just know you know the answer. All right, just follow it up. How are you, Lawrence? <laughs> I am doing amazing. Is is as for everybody, it's always a trying year or trying day or trying month, but I was trying to think of the positive and start the next day uh anew. And that's what I've been doing all day today. I woke up, knock out some cleaning, did some dishes, threw out the trash, you know, whatnot. And then I went running and now I'm back to record with you peoples and really kind of like settling into I need to write a couple, like I need to work on a PowerPoint write three articles, work on some, um, some Canva posts. I got a lot to do today. It's a lot. And I, I'm getting some clientele, so I'm feeling really good about myself, feeling really hyped. You need to pass some of that energy over to me because after that long delayed flight, I was explaining to Lovely before you jumped on, is um, they were canceling flight left and right yesterday before I left Florida. Um, and then when we finally got on the plane, we were stuck on the runway for almost hour and a half, two hours. There were so many planes ahead of us. And so my flight should have been arrival here at 6.30. I actually got here close to nine o'clock. So it's- Yeah, when I was coming from Florida, it was the same thing. Something is going on because it was like, they were saying that it was weather, but there was not one lick of rain. There was planes coming in. It was like they were saying this thing and I'm like, something is misinformation because in some level of instances, this has been going on and they're just using these other terms because certain terms they use and you don't get any credits, you know, like if it's a weather related exactly. issue. So exactly. I think they're just using the terms that they need to, but the planes were down. We were on the tarmac for two hours and it was just like, I've just been hearing that report like 
JetBlue, Delta, and I got to go back to Florida this week coming up as well. So it's just like, eh, hopefully they don't cancel it. Hopefully I, I'm just putting mentally in my mind, you just might be on the tarmac for a couple hours. You never know. Oh, you so just reminded me. I'm, it's happening the same thing over here, but I think I, I, that has everything to do with the, the temperament and the economy of the world right now. If there is a, such a term as the economy of the world, but the way that everything is kind of being framed because of the high inflations of 8.5%, which is the highest it's been since uh, 40 years ago, 1980s. And it's actually enduring for a very long time. And I don't think we, we've seen the, the middle point of it just yet. On top of that, gas prices are up. So therefore flights are you know, more expensive. So you know, airplane or airline car carriers and such are trying to figure out a way to you know, figure this situation out because people are canceling flights. People are not, you know, booking flights as, as much as they used to. And then you have a lot of people doing the whole great resignation, job hops, and also what we call those things, the unions, their airline unions. So you have a lot so going unionizing. on. Unionizing. No, they've unionized. been unionized. They've, they've already been unionized. They're just like, now it's like people just what, don't what, new, newer, where Where newer markets, uh, with the Amazon, you have Starbucks that are doing mm -hmm. it now. So there's other markets that wasn't unionized before are now becoming more on the, plant, um, the front, um, front, uh, front runner, I guess. But also, I was talking to Lovely about this, and it may be a part of these moving parts when it comes to these planes and airlines is... Um, I've been following about the 5G rollout um, and the um, airline companies are actually suing um, the State Department about the rollout because they're saying that it's going to interfere with the air control traffic that's going on. So in protest, like you mentioned, you mentioned about temperament in protest, they're saying that uh, many of the staff are jumping ship. Are retiring early or they're just not calling in at all pilots they're already a, a, a low shortage of pilots as we speak so there's another part to there as well um but uh, i felt bad for some people like rushing to get to the airport just to find out your your plane is canceled you know um one person said he had like a boring trip to get to and it, it was it was a lot going on but um like, as you mentioned look on the positive side i made here safely maybe to my destination very safely. I got to see someone and I'm just here. I'm happy. So that's all that matters. Yeah, a lot of this is going to cost people a lot more money, especially in this travel uh, season coming up in the summertime. It's getting expensive. Travel itself, I, I forget the details, but I know that the airlines are probably up a good seven, uh, at least over 7%. I know the car rental company, um, I guess prices are up 11% over last year. So prices are going up on top of the gas prices going up as well. I'm actually going to pull up the numbers, but ultimately, yeah, this is going to get expensive. It's, it's the trip to Florida to Boston this week was almost $900 one way. That's a non-stop non flight. How is that expensive? $900? No, 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 no. I'm not saying $900 is expensive. I'm saying like, it's a nonstop flight. Last time I was there in January, my flight was like two hundred some dollars. I don't know if it's because it's oh, yes. in Florida, but it was like one way because I was trying to go down. Um, no, before, no, like I had a I had a round round trip. No, from, no, I'm saying I that think... I was trying to go, and I've literally the cheapest one that I saw for this week was like seven eighty nine, and that included a stop that's, on the typical. That's ridiculous. So next week they're starting to go down again, but then there's weird because it's like. I think in May, the tickets are like $70 or something or 80. So I'm like, what the heck is going on in April in, in Florida that it's that expensive? And so I was just like, oh, okay. Can't be at the hospital yeah. anyways. So I'm just going to go ahead and get these tests together and see if I can get clearance. But I was just like, oh, wow. Mm, that's interesting. That's, that's, some, that's, that's what I'm like. That's expensive. I was, I was just there. How is that $900? <laughs> welcome everything's shifting wow. and i think that's the thing about life is that everything shifts there's ups and downs and there's up and flows and we just have to be more prepared for them as they take place but that's just kind of like you know the graph never you never see a graph really that just goes straight up it's always like pew, up down pew, 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 pew. you kind of yeah that's an analogy you never notice it right the graph yeah it doesn't, it doesn't like that when it typically it's even when you talk about growth across the board like biz development like even if you're doing it for any company 
there's quarters that are typically more better performing than others. And you kind of have to start knowing your, um, your numbers really well. And I think like the average person, sometimes it does get a little difficult to want to see those things because you're like, oh crap, but everybody's feeling it in some type of way. But I think um, there is a level of escapism that we do as a society. So even though that's happening, people are still doing things that, you know, seemingly um, to keep their normally their normalcy, but then things are not necessarily fun. You know, so no, as a society, like what gas is, a gas is like four something, five something in different locations, certain places in Cali, it's six something. Everything is going up in some level of um, inflation or percentage. And then the jobs are like, okay, we need to tighten the grip because we can't be given raises out of the Wahoo because what the system is not balanced. So and people people are jumping ship. <laughs> yeah, people are jumping ship like crazy. Like well, a lot of teachers are more. actually a lot of teachers are transitioning to tech. A lot. Um, our educational system and child care system right now is not good at all. Because some of the best teachers, they're like, Why why struggle making forty to sixty thousand dollars a year when I could go at a tech company and start at 90 a year? And be remote and not have to deal with your bat, you know, your your beautiful children as they were. Uh, nah, nah, bring that heat. Bring that heat. You just exactly, <laughs> wait, wait. Before you bring that heat about the children, I did want to kind of tell the people, hey man, this is where the inflation lies for the last 12 months. I don't know if you guys want that data. Um yes, yeah, that data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So gasoline is up 48%. 48%. That's that's insanity. With Costco uh, membership. Executive membership, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you look that up. <laughs> yeah, with Costco membership. How much is that membership per year? Do you know it? Uh, it's like uh, $89, $90. I don't even know how it works. How do you get the, some discounts on the gas or you just kind of just get free gas? Like, yeah, you got, no, you get a discussion. You get a, a, a um, their stations typically are less. Well, so that's why I'd be seeing the line. I'd be seeing the yeah. line out there. Yeah, so used cars, it says used vehicles right now is up 35%. Hotel yep, rooms, 25%. So Airfare is 23.6%. Rental cars is up 23.4%. So you ain't messing around. Transportation, 225 Furniture, for some reason, is almost 16%. House, uh, household energy, because people are staying home more because they can't afford everything. So that's going to always naturally go up. So that's 15%. New vehicles, 13 You're probably better off buying a new vehicle. It's kind of weird. Uh, food at home is 10%. Overall inflation is 8.5. Appliances, 8. Food at restaurants up 7%. I think that's a lie. Every time that I go to the restaurant, they add a little bit more on the side. <laughs> like, uh, and places pet- that wasn't even offering gratuity are placing gratuity. Oh, yeah. They, they add, they're adding an automatic gratuity on that sucker. <laughs> like automatic. They, they ain't messing with y'all. Uh, pet um, pets and products are up 7%. So I know that's going to affect Atlanta's pocket out there with Bruno living a good yeah, life. Yeah, I see it already. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're gonna have to cut that guy back. Uh, clothing, seven percent. Housing, six percent. Personal care, five percent. And it kind of goes down. Toys even up two percent. I don't know. I, just give the kids cardboard I, at that point. Just keep it moving. Save the money. Dollar Tree still got some cool toys. I don't care what yeah. you're saying. Go back <laughs> to the, the 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 rant about the 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 kids now, lovely. I know you don't like the kids. No, she was saying teachers and tech. I, th- there is, there I is love a children. What? This is in person. What there's is a place on? in TikTok. There's a place in TikTok, lovely, where um, teachers are giving advice of how they transition from um, the education yeah, field. Yeah, it's going tech. wild. Yeah. People literally, there's this one girl, that's all she does is help teachers get into tech. Like she quit her job at like TikTok, actually. She was making like, I think her base salary was 150k with bonuses and everything, almost two hundred thousand, and she quit TikTok to be able to help people. And I'm she ain't dumb, so I don't think she's quitting her job because she's making two dollars and ninety nine cents. So she she's charging the teachers, well, I don't know, eleven a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars a pop, and she's helping them like rewrite their resume, do their interview stuff, and they're transitioning, and they don't mind because they're doubling and tripling their salary. So I don't right, think we right. realize like how much this is in fact, in fact, affecting 
the educational system in the long run, like like the hospitals are understaffed. Like I've been talking to the nurses and the doctors and they're just stressed. They're stressed. Like I've spoke to a nurse, she's like, oh, this is not even my floor. I don't even know, you know, and that's kind of worrisome when you have a loved one in the hospital because you're looking at them like, uh, okay. But it's just everything is being impacted in so many different levels. And I, we've been talking about this, right? We knew that after COVID that it would show a lot of change in society. It was going to impact, but I think also having the war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, that literally is catapulting and moving things a little bit expeditiously too, because those prices have increased and, and, and trickled down to affect everything. And so we were already, remember the supply chain was already in debacle pre-war like you started to kind of see like they were saying like you can only get one box of chicken at bj's and one thing of oil at bj's and it started to be these small signs that you would see and you're like okay something is completely a bit different with our shopping experience like i went to whole foods and they only had like this one little bag of red peppers i'm like where are the peppers and they're like yeah we've been trying to get a shipment in it's been hard so it's like these small things that if you're not paying attention, you think, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay, that happens. No, shortage. That's what's happening, shortage. Also, the things that are in the, in the store, we're going to add a little bit more money because we're short already. And so that was already happening pre-war. And then to add a fuel to a president that is not necessarily the most aggressive and <sighs> Biden... Biden, Biden, Biden. Boy, hey, hey, don't come after my boy Biden. I'm not he coming at Biden he, like he that. Extended the student loan, you know. Hey, that's my boy. Don't. Do he that. didn't don't pay do for it though. He didn't hey, pay for it like he, he said he was. Hey, 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 he never said he was. He was lying about that. Let's be real. See, but he—that's what I'm saying. If he, no, if he can't, he can't never say it and be lying. So he had to say it and lied. No, I know he he said it and he was lying about it. So let's move on. <laughs> he never canceled that sucker. <laughs> I'm happy that he extended it. Now I know that we I we all knew, I think we talked about this, that it was never going to happen, that he was going to cancel it. But nonetheless, there was these promises. And so people are, you know, everybody's tight. But the question becomes, you keep extending it. People are like saying, oh, you can extend it. You can cancel it. Because if you, if you, we can, y'all can go without these payments, then y'all can keep going without them for the next 20, 50 years until we die as a generation. So, oh, that's a good point of topic because that's not how it's working because we are still, no, we know that's not it. how it works, but, but that's, that's, the, that's the, the twist. Right? The twist, no, 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 the twist is that if we pay for it or cancel it, that it's going to be a problem. But this actual forbearance that we've been going through is actually costing us, the taxpayers, oh, all of us together. So it's not just like these things are just not these like obsolary binary effects. This thing having an effect on all of us all the time. And that's why you're seeing higher prices all across the board, because we cannot actually, one, keep up with this forbearance and two, also cancel student loans. We can't do either of those things, at least not for the long term. He's merely doing that. And that's just my speculation to kind of keep, you know, hey, they, Democrats want to stay in power. So therefore, that's what they do. Everybody plays the game. Republicans do the same. So in moments like this, they give you the little carrot so you can be happy with them, at least for the moment. But it hasn't been working. For the moment, yeah. and then they're going to have to rip the rug under our asses. Oh, they then... don't even care. That, that rug's going to be ripped no matter what, because the recession is coming. Like, yeah. no matter how we frame it, not how we get there, the recession will hit. And I think it's just, I, I rather kind of go through it now than later, right? It's like, instead of trying to extend it and try to slow it down, because it's going to happen anyways, may as well let it happen so we could actually be on the other side faster. Maybe that's just the way I think, uh, take my ideas. Honestly, I, I feel like it's a recession now. It's like, maybe it's not the way that we thought it would be, but there's a lot of parts so that we're- Well, you know, there's pre-reception. Like, so there's like the yeah. pre, the actual, the post. So it's like a gradual- gradual hit you in the face uppercut you pow 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 gotta figure out what's going on um i think there's something to be said though about how exactly what lawrence mentioned is that these things impact us whether we are aware of them or not right like whether you know that hey because these because this money is not being sent to the government right like this is money that they do things so can you imagine there's what maybe millions of people that owe billions of dollars. And if one, if everybody was giving a dollar and payments, and we know that's not the case, Lawrence had like what, almost a $700, $800 payment a month, right? 
right, Lawrence? I'm not making that up. That, that would that would be nice. It's actually up to a thousand dollars per month. Okay, so I'm so waiting for that thousand. to hit me across the face. Yeah, so that's let's say so a thousand dollars. So that's one person. My payments were at three hundred, I believe. So you're talking about this two of us already thirteen hundred dollars for the month. And in Atlanta, maybe you have another hundred and something or two hundred. So that's fifteen hundred dollars. Like 200, 200 so we're, at, yeah. we're about 1500 on this three three-way podcast and for the year that's over what 50 almost eighteen thousand, if not more and so that's three of us millions of people have student loans so all that money is not being flooded into the system anymore right and so there are people that were in forbearance where they were like well you don't want to pay us we're going to take this money from your check we're going to take it from your refund we're going to do whatever we need to do to get this money from you and I, I believe that he did include that he would be able to, they would essentially be able to not be in forbearance anymore and get like a reset without it affecting like their credit or go pretty much going back and saying, hey, you're no longer in forbearance, you have a fresh start. Now, if you st- stop paying again, you can be in forbearance. So that's the only thing that I can say that was a good thing for people that were already, you know, in trouble. But nonetheless, this is money that's also not being circulated in the system and it's going to impact us in m- multiple ways. But I know that the minute he doesn't extend it, it's going to be an uproar, at least for a week. No, this, it's going to happen no matter Paul's what. already I think, down. I, I'm going to tell you this. Like, yeah, this yeah is his polls um, are down. Because I think, what is he, at 40%? No, he's at late. 30, no, 38, 38, 38. Oh, my 30, God. That's so yeah, nice. That is such a beautiful number. Congratulations, President. <laughs> hey, hey you, you sounded like for the other side. Oh, I said what I said. But I did want to say this. Because there was a report that the Department um, of Education dropped recently about the pause of the student loan repayment and how much it's costing uh, the government. And by far, they found that it's costing the government nearly $100 billion. So it's $98.4 billion so far. Like this pause is not... Because the thing is that people don't forget that we took on, or the government back during Obama-Biden administration decided to try to help out student loan borrowers by yeah. you know, incorporating Fannie Mae and um, Sad- Freddie Mae and Sally Mac, who knows, <laughs> I forget the names, Sally Mae or whatever, those people, they incorporated all of that under the government reform. And they said, you know what, we're gonna take this on, we're gonna keep uh, um, interest rates at this low amount. And because of it, it signals to the um, colleges to just be like, oh, all right, it's carte blanche in the game. If they're paying for everything and they're not really looking at the the risk behind everything, it's not for us to tell them. It, it, we try, but ultimately, this is what they want to do, and that's so, what. So you're saying it's the, the government case. fault? Government yes, it actually is. Go ahead and pay for our loans. Yeah, this should go no, ahead no, and pay for our loans. But the, more of a better reason for him but, to cancel the loan. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. It is the government fault, but we are also the government. That's the that's what people don't nah, get. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not trying like, to hear it. Like, I'm not we, trying we to hear government. it. Do we get paid like we no, exactly. Do exactly. We get paid. You're, 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 oh, every time you drive on the road, where, where that comes from? That's government money right there. That's money that you paid in. That's you as a taxpayer. You're the one that is the government. The government is not this external thing that exists in the, the ether of the world. It's people. They get paid like they do. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, obviously, the the Senate is completely different. They get they they carte blanche. They pay themselves. That's one of those little secrets. Like they give themselves raises. They pay All themselves. The and, they, and even when they do the whole like, I guess when they stop, when they do, I forget what the name of it. When they just stop paying the government, or they go into that this uh, lapse of funding, they actually still get paid. Senators never stop getting paid. No, ever. It's a brilliant job. Like you never stop getting paid. And even after they leave, get this. They still get they paid. They still get paid. Yeah. Like, how? Until they die. That until means they pay. die. Until, like, I, I until whoever dies. A, a semester. Oh, yeah. Until whoever dies. I think um, name a senator. Until they die, we're going to be paying them. That's what we're going to be doing. For the rest of their lives, we're paying them. Name the senator that left, we're town. still paying them. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, so you mean to tell me we allow these people to one, give themselves raises and they don't do a good job. And two, we allow we also allow them to kind of get paid even after they're multimillionaires multiple yep. times over. Yep. And they get to invest and stuff. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yep. wow. Y'all some wild folks. <laughs> like some wild folks. Yeah, we say all this stuff in, in jest and also in seriousness. yeah like no we're really you know gotta make it 
Gotta make it light. Uncle Joe, what? cancel the student loans. Uncle Joe, cancel the student loans, sir. You, if you think, I'm, I'm telling you, if you think it's worse now, his poll ratings are under 38% of approval. Just imagine once the student loan payments come back into effect with everything that's going on right now, with mm. all the high, high prices and everything that's going on. Yeah, but you know, I just... feel like as a as a as a society, our memory is short as well. Like, in yeah, we are. As something's gonna happen, and it will be like, huh, that happened? Like, huh? And then like, yeah, that happened. So he might survive it. I don't know. Like, do you guys think that he's really going? No, or hmm, do you think he's going to go? No, I don't know. We're gonna feel it. We're gonna feel it. He's gonna go do what? <laughs> like, what? What are you trying to say that he's gonna go do? Is he going to run again? Sorry, my, you know, my uh, brain is a little slow this week. I think he he will run again because I don't think they have a, a real strong secondary contender. I don't think, and that's just me, the way that um, Kamala Harris has been presented or even interacts with the public has never been something that people is she's love. around? Huh? Yeah, it's like she, w- she would be the second best to do or like this is like kind of when you have yeah, a VP, they said. technically have to do it. But for some reason, she just hasn't pulled well with the audience. In black, white, indifferent. Nobody really like vibing with Kamala like that. Nobody really because I felt as if that she had a difficulty with the overall when she was running herself, and I think she had that blunder. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a blunder she had that really kind of took her out the game completely a little bit. And then her being on, people expected because you got to remember. Let's go back to Barack Obama, right? first black president black community has a big hopes on him and the black community has said you know hey we don't feel like obama moved our initiatives forward and so people are a little bit more wiser in terms of like looking for their black constituents to actually get something out of electing these officials but the democrats have historically have been falling short on their end of the bargain of the things that they say that they want to do for the people that vote for them now I don't know about the other side as much, but I do know on this side, people feel gifted. And so she hasn't been around and her voice has not been heard the way that they thought that her being in that post was going to do anything. But that's historically for VPs, right? Like that's not something new. But I think, again, people kind of feel like, well, you're not really for us. You're not really down for the cause anyways. And so we haven't heard from you. We don't know what's going on. And here's all these issues that you guys ran on and we are stuck on the middle of the ground of getting nothing. So that blunder she already had on her little record. And then now people feeling that she's not necessarily being a voice and she's not, she doesn't have the weight that she probably thought or the administration thought she would be able to have essentially to garner um, approval for Biden. I just don't think that she's that type of cat um candidate or that type of um, leader where even obama when people didn't like him he has that personality that still was able to kind of rally the troops and i don't think she has the capacity in that particular methodology doesn't mean she's not great at other things but i don't know if she'll be able to rally the troops yeah See, but the thing is the misconception of vp and their actual um job description what they actually do is um, it's not really educated among the masses because when you think exactly. about it, mm-hmm. when she when she won, you know, we were all in in, in Hohoff for Soror and for you know her being a, a woman, her being not a, a minority, <laughs> her being a minority. I'm saying Soror because she's uh, I think she's don't get me wrong, I don't want to say I think she's AKA if I'm not mistaken. Wow, you don't even know um, what she is. I thought she was part of your Soul Wars. <laughs> No, 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 no. She's not. She's not my organization. No, not but, not your uh, organization. In the, in the in the you know the Greek. Can you tell the people about what that is, anyways? Because there's somebody somebody like, listening right now. I have no idea what you're talking about when you say sores. Give us a, a, a brief. You don't have to go into a hazing mode. <laughs> Just a brief. No. So and you guys don't haze. To... You guys don't haze. No, we do not haze at all. Uh, so when it comes to Greek sororities and uh, fraternities, this has been going on for over hundreds of years. So most of us are um, 
hundred year old by now. So it's called the Divine Nine Sororities Fraternities on HBCUs, which is historical black colleges. Um, and the conception of the inception of these uh, sororities fraternity is for the most part, predominantly white schools have very organized organization that we were excluded, not only from the institution, but also excluded from these organizations because we were black. So once the um, HBCUs start um, coming to effect, we decided to create our own um, Divide Nine. You have Af uh, AKA, Omega, Iota, um, Accords, Zeta Phi Beta. Um, there's just so many that we call them the prestigious, you know, Divide Nine on the Black Sorority Fraternities. And if I'm not mistaken, Kamala is under Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is AKA, which is the first yeah, she's an AKA. Black, yeah, which is the first Black um, sorority uh, under the Divine Nine. And then, of course, at years later, there have been others. But um, yeah, there were just so many things in terms of layers and such that she's been under. Not only she's she's a minority, but she also graduated from HBCU, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then there was, you know, she's under the Greek Nine, which is um, the sorority that she's with. So there's a lot of that. And I remember that push, like we were proud, you know, the first woman uh, minority VP. And we just thought like all these, it, all these uh, expectations, similar to, you mentioned a good point, lovely, to uh, Obama, where he's the first, you know, um, black president, but our expectation didn't really underline like the masses of what that job really entails, right? Um, a lot of people argue that Obama didn't do anything under his administration specifically for black people. And contrary, there have been laws and things that he has put in fact uh, that help with uh, the black community. But again, people don't feel like it was enough, right? Mm -hmm. I think the expectation of that is similar to I Kamala. Think and, and of course, it's, it's, it's stronger because she's a woman and how she come across is very, you know, like straightforward, uh, servantist, like being very assertive. So um, there's a lot of that, but I think uh, similar to Obama, like the expectation that was just, no one can feel that. I, I feel, <laughs> even her, she couldn't feel that. Yeah, I'll jump in and say, I'll say this, like once she crossed, um, um, I guess spring 1986, you could find that on Google, as well as from Howard University, home of the Bisons out there in Washington, DC. So I, I do see the the representation and also the pressure of being you know the first um i guess woman in that that high of a mm -hmm. scene um and there there is something to be said about that but i think the biggest gas with her entire tenure is actually her just her own personal demeanor it's always been the same um even on the campaign trail she's very caustic she's very like um i don't say dismissive but her she's very much like a snarky person so the, her response are very snarky and that's where she either gets a lot of praise and also a lot of people kind of like, nah, I'm good. Because, you know, you can only do that so much until somebody's like, is that the only stick that you have? And I think that's her biggest mistakes here is the fact yeah. that when she's been gone, she, on, when she, a VP typically have to just do like these like rounds, fly around and kind of represent the president when he's not there, when they, you know, low, you know, like- International big, affairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just show up, you know, because, hey, you need a representative that's the American, but not necessarily the president, whatever. So she's there and she's having conversations and you could tell that even what, what she says sometimes, she comes off, you know, her, of, of lack of empathy um, for a situation, even for um, immigration and uh, south of the border, that was a big situation for her. And even in the responses with uh, the Russian Ukraine stuff, she, she just literally seems like she doesn't have the empathy for the job versus that other prior um, VPs like Biden. Biden, you know, fault or but, not, but, people you know, like him because he was just like, that's, that's hey, an unfair comparison. No, they're like, he's Uncle Biden. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's, he's good humored. But she's not good humored. It's not an unfair comparison. This is just what she, it is like, because is I think we're do doubling her. down on her because she's she's a woman. So that has so nothing I, to I do think, with her I being think, a woman. That's, no, no, no. Listen, listen, what I'm saying. Listen, what I'm saying. Go ahead. Right, right. But I think I think how the perspective is is taking is that either she's too assertive or she's not uh, assertive enough or she's not soft enough. You you say empathy. So if we let's say she was. Um, perceiving that, you know, like applying that empathy, oh, she's too soft now. 
So where's the line, right? There and is a line. And I think, and, and it's not to compare anybody with somebody else, but even for example, she's the Obama, first one, though. Obama was one of the, um, the presidents with the highest, um, I guess, drone kills, right? But he comes off a very uh, empathetic to people in conversation. It's just a personal trait. And then you're right. It's not to say that this is, it's just not her. And because that role requires that much, of it of being an empathy i think that's where she's falling short of it's not a critique of her as a person she's you know highly successful she's highly decorated she's gonna she's gonna go down to history no matter what i say like she's she's you know beyond reproach but when we think about the the, uh, the position of vice president in any role and any capacity that role itself has to be one of just kind of like people it's like a, a external face right lovely as a business owner external faces yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that uh, uh, that's what I was saying earlier. Like Kamala hasn't performed well in that way. And I agree with um, Atlanta in the sense of her saying that because she's a woman, it's, she's going to be judged more harshly because of it. But that's never been her strong suit. She's never been the person that the leader that you would look at. And you're like, yeah, I definitely want to have lunch with her. Right. You might look at Obama like that. And that's why I mentioned him. Obama has the capacity to rally the troops. He's always had. Obama's the like the shooter that you sent out that like Lauren said, he's done all these things, but it gets kind of like um not as much in society looked at as Obama's so like a dictarian, he was so strong because his per his persona didn't come across that way. So if you would match his record, people would be like, Obama did that, Obama sent all them um drones. Like, you sure it was really him? Yeah, that was him. That was him. He's a shooter. He's a start shooter. He's the type of person that could come to your house, stole all your things, and you helped him steal it, okay? Because he has- And you the, helped him steal it. Well, dang, like, dang, dang. Like, that's how you feel. No, like, are. for real. Like, Obama's the type of person that, because of his personality, like, you know how those, um, there's a Haitian thing, like, like, they're doing something wrong to you right in front of your face, and you just couldn't, you wouldn't well, be you able to tell. tell right. Because of just his personality not to say that he would i'm saying that he has that capacity and that's why i'm saying that she does not have that type of capacity as a leader does not make her a bad leader but i see that being a problem because when you are in recession and you are that's exactly why obama won you we have to understand when obama got voted coming off of the heels of a heightened recession you're we want change change needs to happen and if everything that we see is the on the writing of the wall right now is that i don't see those two having the capacity to rally the troops because they don't have the likability factor and no matter how much you want um like i had a call with someone recently just to give an example and we started the conversation and it was a really like tough conversation to have but one thing she came off like she, she she's like lovely i'll do this for you i know that i can't i'm not supposed to but i will but i know that it's because i'm very personable right if i came on the phone very like rah 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 i wasn't gonna get what i wanted like i wasn't gonna get the outcome that i wanted well the politics is the same way we're going to be coming off of a hill of a very tough economic season for our country, no matter within the next two or three years. Does that ticket have the capacity to rally the troop and have people draw near? And like Lawrence using that term empathetic, I just don't think that they have it in them. I'm not saying that they're going to lose. I'm saying if they get another ticket that has that Obama effect, like ability, they're not winning because these things really matter. And I think, um, as a woman, she has a tough position because I, I deal with that all the time. Like when you're a CEO and you're a woman, people expect you to be a certain type of way. But because I also know that I do maneuver differently in certain instances. And so sometimes you do have to lean in into the thing that people are saying is your weakness and make it your strength. And I think for her, maybe her personality traits like, nah, I have, you know, I'm going to give you that quick comeback. I'm going to be strict. I'm going to be this, these things. But we have to understand as a society that's going to impact her, whether we want to be honest or about it or not. Like, it's just going to impact her. I just feel like it will. It has already. Yeah, I think something that anybody could take away from this conversation is that for all of us, we have a way that we deliver a message. And sometimes the way that we think it comes out, it might be completely different. 
um, than how it is received. So for example, for myself, I don't think I come across as very empathetic nine times out of ten. No, no. Yeah, hey, hey, no. Hey, and no, I'm fine with that. Not. Hey, no. <laughs> wow. Like, if, like if, can if we not, can we, can we, can we, whoa, can I get somewhere? <laughs> like, no, we're, you're not even going to let you land in this plane. Because you don't, like, what the heck is that? No. I was trying to finish nah, the statement. Nah, nah, no, we got to crush you right like, there. Hey, I'm just saying that for anybody that's listening, you do have to understand where do you fall on the spectrum. And sometimes it's not anything to do with being against you. It just might not be your strong point. And to right. something that uh, Lovely talks about all the time, especially as a, a leader in business or, you know, founding your own business or small business, is sometimes you've got to recruit the other people around you to do that task. Exactly. Or, for example, uh, one of those things that people don't know, um, Barack Obama was a great orator. Doesn't mean that he was writing his own speeches. There is, he had a great speech writer. Talk about like, that. And Talk he about had an, an insane team, of, you know, one lead speech writer, but he has an, a team that understood how to project the best of him out to the audience. And as far as even marketing him out, getting him on um, um, news talk shows, whatever it was. Let him in. He was, yeah. he was the only president, at least, you know, in recent times, that was even out as much as possible on the covers of every magazine. He was doing press talks, whatever it was. Obama and, had the best communication marketing team I've ever seen of any and, politician. And, 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 that's and, just and that's part of the game. Gun. And and to for me to even listen and say, oh, yeah, it's just because she's a woman. I'll, I'll say, no, she's not. Because we could also say maybe it's because she's Black. Maybe she's just she's, like, we could always go around to what minimizes us. But in truth, maybe it's just that part of her that might not be, you know, for that job, but maybe she leans into that team and the team gives her, you know, a script to read on, or maybe she works on, you know, in those big meetings, how do you project yourself and what do you say in that moment? So she's not leaning into her natural tendency of the snarky and maybe a little bit more into the, hey, pleasantries, whatever, for at least for that moment. Not to say that it's going to change her, but it's just like us. We have to be able to kind of pivot or code switch, as we used to call it, you're right. Into getting the jobs, getting the position, getting through these interviews and getting through those moments because that's what matters. So it's not and, it yeah, goes beyond and, just that. And let's be honest here. I get the I get the shift that everybody wants to think about. Right. Where, well, as a woman or as a black person, why do we have to do this? I'm going to tell you this. I've watched white people cold switch. I've watched them be in a group together, have this dynamic going on, and the VP walks in and they shift their conversation. It's, it's not only women and, 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 and people of color. Do we get more harshly judged? Yes. Do we have all these other stuff that happens to us a little bit more? Yes. However, it's a people thing. I've been talking to this girl. She does like all the word, like copy, like what you call copywriting for Apple, Google, like all the major tech companies. And they pay her a hoop a lot of money to get the words right on the app or on, you know, like a thing that they're sending out. Because there's such a psychology about communication. And I'm realizing that all of us in the society that we live in, everything that we need to do, you need to learn how to be a great communicator. You need to learn how to bring things be more magnetic because it makes a difference on so many different things not saying that like lauren saying no one's saying for you to go change who you are but if that because that she needs to get that person to come coach her get her to be reframed or repositioned in the market so that they could get to the next level you just have to do what you have to do because sitting around and saying it's unfair after that it'll still be unfair and you'll still be in the same position. But if you pivot just a little bit to then make ways or to make things differently, then that's what options that you do have. And that's, and that's something that I'm learning. Like with everything that's been going on, it comes down to you have to change the methodology if you're approaching this, this, this way. Because the outcome you're looking for, if you, without the change, you won't get it. And so we just need to be able to be self-aware to understand how these things play a role. And you'll be surprised why somebody wins over somebody else. It could have just been because they walked in the room and they shook hands. Obama's that person. Like I tell y'all, he could have been stealing everything in your house and you would have been helping him pack the stuff because he has that capacity. He, he just does. And like Lauren said, he didn't write every speech, 
It's not like he was out here writing everything, but he knew how to deliver it. He knew how to pause. He had that face. Like, he was amazing at what he does in terms of speaking. Obama made, could have made you make decisions that you didn't want to make. What you think about them later? Like, yeah, dang. He did told us to burn, burn tires. Like, why burn a tire? That's not, that's not smart. But he, that's the capacity that he had. And I think that there's something to be said to be able to get something from that and understanding how do we use that. And Kamala can learn. She can. I don't think it's anything wrong with saying that she might need to shift just a little bit so that she could make the impact or the waves that she wants to make. Because somebody can argue, well, if she was a man, she wouldn't have to. And I'm arguing and saying that I've just seen a man that had that le level of caliber with, the, with the, a country, no matter how people felt about Obama, Obama's ratings are still high. As much as people complain about what happened, the Black community, poll Obama it's going to be high. He's going to get 60s, 70s because he mastered that as a leader. Let's talk about Hitler for a moment. Hitler was horrible, right? In so many ways, it horrible things. But he was able to rally a troops of people to do some things that they should have never been doing. So there's something to be studying about leaders that have that capacity, those messagings. What were they doing? What happened? And that's why like, I'm a good student of history in that way is to understand like, how did somebody get away with this? What was going on as a society that we allowed these things to happen? And so we could talk about the Trump effect in so many different ways the leaders need to realize that there is something about rallying troops. Getting a nation to come under one mission and move forward is really imperative. I don't know if this ticket's gonna have the capacity to do that for, for them to win another four years. Who knows? I was going to say this, that even, you know, and I guess we're on this Obama and, and critique whatnot. And even though we did loud over the, the things that Obama did well, we often forget that at the beginning, he was actually losing a lot of his elections. The first couple, I'm actually trying to find the details for that, but he actually lost a few elections before and his speeches didn't come off right. I think even to a point where somebody even critiqued it and said his early speeches themselves didn't really have that buzz and that effect. And it felt a little bit like disconnected from the community. So he actually did study under understanding. He took a step back, tried to figure out where he was. And then he went to the black churches. He sat there, he understood how the, the language was being uh, communicated and saw what worked. And he really endeavored to change how he developed his speaking. And I think that's mm -hmm. when we saw him pop out of nowhere. It's not like he never he existed. Even put work. He it's put like work it's a him. person that is commensurate with putting some level of effort and work. And I think that's what we need to take away from this is you could get to where you're going to get. Sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes you're blessed. Sometimes you're fortunate and you're going to get to a high level. But it doesn't mean that we still can't learn and we still can't change and we still can adapt a certain strategy that could make us better. And in that situation, like um, even if you're not. Uh, Kamala Harris, and if you're not Obama, if you're not anybody, you know, in, in that level of capacity in the political sphere, and you're just at home, you just, or even your, your local community, you can learn to be a better speaker, a better communicator, even to the point that um, Warren Buffett, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, he actually said it himself, the number one skill you need to have in the 21st century is communication. If yep. you can nail that, you can nail anything. And I think that's why we're seeing teachers becoming ultra wealthy on platforms like um, social media, either TikTok, uh, IG, and so on and so forth, because they already been, they've been seasoned <laughs> like veterans of communications when they had to communicate with groups of students all day, every day. That is a lot of experience. That's a lot of logged in hours of a lot of attention spanning. And let's say if you're teaching anybody sixth, seventh grade, or even the third grader, you have all the skills to teach the rest of America because we're all reading at three, the third grade level. So it is what it is, and I'll land there. That is very much true. And the feedback that the copywriter sent to us, she's like, this is at a ninth grade level, you need to dumb it down. So as what? wild as it is, it's something that you need to consider and understand that your audience might not have the, the bandwidth, the time, because everybody's living these very stressful lives. And we talked about it multiple times and people just don't have the time to get into your, your deep thoughts. They just want to get some good information they can hopefully use or those aha moments so they could come back to. And the right. goal for you to do it um, in any level of um, leadership and communication 
is you have to give them just enough that they come back to you. Mm -hmm. If they're not coming back to you, then you're not doing the job right. That's the same thing if you're selling like, uh, I don't care if you, you, you're doing hair. I don't care if you're selling food, whatever it is, you got to give them just enough of the good stuff that they always say, you know what? I need to go back to that person. And that's how you change your own personal finances, especially as you know the world enters into high inflationary prices or even a recession. And I think that's where we can land in this episode. I don't know. I, I, I dropped some knowledge. I feel good about myself. Oh, wow. Atlanta was okay, I guess. I am here. I'm not I'm taking notes because I'm trying to see how to uh, title this. <laughs> we went all over the place. Yeah, where, where did we? Hmm. Well, well, with that being said, thank you so much for listening to the Finding a Trigrio podcast. This was a beautiful episode. Um, we started off a little bit, you know, riding the wave. Lawrence was on 100. I think me and Atlanta were on maybe four and five. And we made it through. We made it through. So thank you for listening. And as always, just do something actionable, take steps. Things in life are never going to be perfectly anything, but be able to use what you can learn, what you need to improve on to be better. And you're freaking alive if you're listening to this and that's a gift in itself. That's my two cents. My two cents is very simple. Um, yeah, I actually like just kind of lost it because <laughs> you got real deep. My two cents is that, hey, instead of just sitting on the sidelines, people watching, make sure that you're taking lessons, understanding what those things are, incorporate them to your life. Because it's not just about talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. It's about understanding, I guess, his emotional capacity at the time. And maybe considering your own emotional capacity, especially after two years of a pandemic, two years of struggling, two years of not being around different people, and maybe not even processing all the trauma that you might be going through. So it's not just about laughing and looking at somebody else and say, ha ha, I see what that person did. But it's also to turn back around, look in the mirror and say, you know what? What can I do to make myself better so I don't react in the same way so I can learn something from it and I could grow as well? And that's where I land and I'll pass it over to Atlanta. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to a, another great episode of TFG, The Financial Grio. As everyone has stated and alluded, um, we just want the best for you. And sometimes taking those resources, looking outside of ourselves to see how can I level up? How can I become the best of me? And we need to do that is by tapping in into the things that will actually help us. So this is where we are and this is how we landed. You can find me on the IG streets at Atlanta, uh, A-L-A-I-N-T-A underscore Elson. It can be found in the show notes, just as everyone here on the, well, on the podcast. Once again, thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend of a friend. TFG, we out. Thank you for listening to the Financial Griot Podcast, powered by the Wealth Builders Collective. 